0: Welcome to the weekly segment of ESG Now. I'm your host, Mike DiCibato, and this week we are joined by Matt Mascardi and Olga Emilianova, our head of impact at MSCI, to discuss Cobalt and Umacore. But before we start, I just want to give a quick shout out to Matt for filling in for me last week. We love him here at MSCI. He's great. Make sure you check out his latest segment of ESG Now on Big Data. All right, let's get into it. So this week, Umacor, a multinational mining company, is in the news reporting it depressed earnings, and they're blaming cheap cobalt, a rare metal, two-thirds of which can be found in the Democratic Republic of Congo. So Matt, the demand for cobalt is only set to get stronger uh, because it's a vital component for lithium batteries, which are used in all of our smartphones and for the batteries used in
1: electric vehicles. So what's the deal? What's going on here? So Umicore is actually, uh, when they announced the earnings, they said part of it was because um, not the demand in cobalt is lower, but they're getting undercut by competitors. And the reason why they can get undercut by competitors is because a lot of their competitors are using what's called artisanal mines, which are effectively sort of pseudo-unregulated mines that often use child labor. The real question here, I think, is um, not whether or not uh, there's a demand problem for cobalt, because I think the demand, I, I mean, by all accounts, is going to remain high for the foreseeable future. It's the supply problem for cobalt, and that's what Umicore is sort of wrestling with, how to supply it and uh, in a sustainable way when there are people who are willing to supply it at a lower cost using different means i suppose is the way to put it
0: well umacore is known for as you said meta sustainable practices they are right olga they're kind of the darlings of the esg world when it comes to mining
2: correct yeah so umacore has been long um a company that we uh admired in our esg circles uh it's a a recycling company um uh, european based um and was probably one of the first to introduce responsible sourcing and uh, now the company is basically saying that despite all of its efforts and all the ethical uh, sourcing practices, um, it is losing money and uh, its earnings projections are falling and uh, the the stock is declining and the reason is uh, sourcing of uh, cobalt from uh, unregulated artisanal mines, and uh, uh, those are typically very small mines. Um, they're obviously not listed mm-hmm. anywhere, and uh, the they, the production finds its way into the uh, um, you know distributors and mixed with the rest of the cobalt, and uh, obviously um, you know b- benefits from lower costs, and then uh, sold primarily to China because China now is one of the largest. Uh, Uh, producers of the uh, electric vehicles and has probably one of the largest demands. Um, um, I heard that it's over 50% of the batteries.
0: Mm, It's expected to double by 2025. Exactly, right. Well, do you think regulation is the only way to fix this? The London Metal Exchange are trying to do that. They're trying to say, look, we're not going to list any uh, companies that mine cobalt that have not had these OECD certifications. So is regulation the only way?
2: Um... Well, I do believe in regulations. I think that this is a very strong uh, force, and maybe it's uh, me being Russian-speaking. Um, <laughs> but, you know, regulation can only do that much. Um, and uh, and regulate what, right? So maybe we can remove cobalt from batteries. Maybe we can, but uh, are we able to remove gold and tin and uh, copper copper and everything else that might be mined unsustainably and using some of those problematic processes. I don't think so. So I think it, it really avoidance of the problem does not eliminate the problem.
0: And how does this affect the market for lithium ion batteries? So demand for the batteries are expected to increase by 2025, but you're already seeing these serious supply chain issues. Does this mean electric vehicles are in danger of being unable to provide the environmental benefits that they are marketed on?
2: Well, I don't I don't think we need to give up on the uh, objective to, you know, to to have electric vehicles and solve environmental issues, Um, sourcing and social issues connected to the um, illegal mining, or artisanal mining are obviously problems, but I think they can be solvable. And one of the uh, potential solutions is regulations, as you mentioned, and another one may be greater transparency. And I think that this is a very interesting and rapidly involving field. And, uh, um, you know, one of the most interesting initiatives that I'm personally tracking is the... Uh, Blockchain.
0: Yeah, Bitcoin.
2: Yeah, Well, it has nothing to do with Bitcoin now anymore. <laughs> um, but it's more widely used to just ensure transparency of the supply chain and kind of through all of these transactions and uh, allow access to this basically database library of the transactions to make it as transparent as possible. And uh, I'm not surprised that um, in the situations of responsible sourcing, that's where blockchain is becoming more prominent.
0: How does it work exactly? Do they... Somehow put a barcode on the metal that they mined?
2: Uh, pretty much. Or you you put it in a bag. You scan a bag. It oh, goes okay. online. And uh, you and I, Matt, and maybe a few other people have access to this database. Mm-hmm. And they can track how this bag of diamonds or of cobalt is moving across the borders.
0: Do you yeah. think the London Metal Exchange move to ban all metal not responsibly sourced by 2022 will have any... Effect Palm oil has had, for example, it's been a big problem with palm oil where they've said, yeah, we know where the mills are, Mm -hmm. but we don't know where the supplier is. Like, 95% said they can find out where the mills are, but 30% said they can find out where the suppliers are.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, um, I think... It can eliminate some problems, right? So, again, if we, let's say, apply the uh, uh, blockchain technology and we're able to trace the material to a specific location, we probably can eliminate the problem of illicit trade, right? So we're not funding some of the producers that might be misusing uh, these funds or maybe they're underpaying and maybe the cost of the transaction is questionable. What it cannot do is to eliminate child labor. And mm. that's, that's the limitation.
0: Damn you, Blockchain always letting everyone down. So Matt, if I were to ignore the social ecological system problems such a, such unsustainable minds create, it seems like this is a case against investors pushing for sustainable sourcing, right? Help me read this.
1: I would say it this way. If you're an investor in Umacore, what you should be worried about potentially is the day that consumers look at their smartphones and say, I don't want to buy blood smartphones anymore i don't want to buy a smartphone built you know by child labor where the battery is built by child labor just like you did in fashion just like you did with fair trade coffee or blood diamonds or any of these things that's the risk and it's not even necessarily that regulators step in because they could step in and change it dramatically very quickly um which you're seeing kind of at the margins happen your real risk is that consumers Stop buying something because they're not sure where it comes from. And there's a consumer cohort today who values that, who values knowing the supply, where it comes from, whether you call them millennials or you call it just a modern consumer, that's the consumer of today. How I read Umicor's earnings being down today is not actually about their earnings over a longer trajectory. And I'm not prognosticating what their earnings will be, but I look at it and say, if they're down today because uh their 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 competition is getting cheap supply from someplace else. I look at that and say, how long is that cheap supply going to last given the dynamics of the market that you can expect? especially as regulators pay attention or consumers pay attention. Effectively, the price today is not going to be the price tomorrow. I don't know what the price tomorrow is going to be, but I do know the more and more you rely on something uh, like child labor, where there are longstanding historical precedents that that's not okay for most consumers over a longer period, that effectively is going to make the earnings today look like potentially a blip in the ocean that's it
0: for the week i'd like to thank olga matt for joining me and you for listening and make sure to subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts it's really helpful to us and have a great rest of the week
1: The MSCI ESG Research Podcast is provided by MSCI Inc's subsidiary, MSCI ESG Research LLC, a registered investment advisor under the Investment Advisors Act of 1940, and this recording and data mentioned herein has not been submitted to and or received approval from the United States Securities and Exchange Commission or any other regulatory body. The analysis discussed should not be taken as an indication or guarantee of any future performance, analysis, forecast, or prediction. The information contained in this recording is not for reproduction in whole or in part without prior written permission from MSCI ESG research. None of the discussion or analysis put forth in this recording constitutes an offer to buy or sell or a promotional recommendation of any security, financial instrument, or product or trading strategy. Further, none of the information is intended to constitute investment advice or recommendation to make or refrain from making any kind of investment decision and may not be relied on as such. The information provided here is as is, and the user of the information assumes the entire risk of any use it may make or permit to be made of the information. Thank you.